The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hey, AI Today listeners. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners, to expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. From books and materials ranging from fundamentals of AI to deep dives on implementing AI projects to AI ethics, tools, software, checklists, and more, our resources page will help you on your AI journey whether you're just starting out or you're well on your way. Check it out at aitoday.live slash list. That's aitoday.live slash L-I-S-T. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Mulch. And I'm your host, Mulch Milzer. And uh, we've had some recent podcasts where we've interviewed some of our uh, CPMI certified individuals or some of the practitioners we had on uh, who are implementing AI today, which is part of what we do here in the podcast. And you've heard those. Uh, you may have heard that a lot of people are still dealing with some fundamental issues of data. Yes, this podcast is called AI Today. You are tuning in to the AI Today podcast. But why are we spending all this time talking about data? And you might think, wait a second, this doesn't have anything to do with AI. The answer is, of course, it has everything to do with AI, because AI systems are built on a foundation of data. Without data, we can't do anything with AI. And if you have data problems, you can't do anything with AI. So you might think that organizations have their acts together. You might think, how can this big company or this big government have big data problems? The answer is, yes, they do. Yes. Um, <laughs> that's the answer. So tune in, listen to some of those interviews. If you haven't, listen to some of our other glossary entries where we go over these key terms of, of AI, machine learning, and big data. But understand that all of these problems kind of sit together in the same corner that we solve. As we solve problems of big data, we solve some of our problems with AI and machine learning. Exactly. And if you are working at a large organization, you may be laughing when we made that comment because sometimes the larger the organization, the more you know challenges they have around their data. So on today's podcast, we're continuing with our AI glossary series. And we put together a very comprehensive AI glossary that we'll link to in the show notes or you can find at cognolytica.com because we wanted to define at a high level terms related to AI, machine learning, and big data. Maybe you've never heard of these terms. Maybe you're not exactly sure how they fit into this you know, AI landscape. So that's what we wanted to do. We wanted to kind of break it down and help, help educate you there. And since we put this together, we said we might as well make a podcast series about it so that our AI Today listeners know that we've put it together and we can do a little bit more explaining. Again, these podcasts are at a high level. We don't dig too deep into these topics, but it's a little bit more than the glossary entry that we have. So on today's podcast, we're going to be going over the terms data warehouse, extract, transform, load, ETL, and data lake. Yeah, so let's start with data warehouse and kind of talk a little bit about how we got here because we know we've been dealing with data for decades, really, since we first had our first data processing systems, if you want to think of it that way. We think of computers as computers, but you know, in the, in the realm of data, 
the term honestly is often used data processing because not one computer or one server, we're all trying to connect together and we have a bunch of computers and maybe we're storing the same data in some central place. A long time ago, uh, if you want to be nostalgic, we used to store all these data on these reel-to-reel tape things. Remember, the, like if you go back and look at these old things, you see these things spinning around. That's was uh, that's where the data was. That's where the data was stored, and you actually had to go find the reels or maybe these drums where you'd have to like store it on these drums. Of course, we've evo- uh, you know evolved quite a bit from those 1960s, 50s era of data storage, and we have databases and we have all these places, but. The thing now is that we have so many places where data is stored on your laptop, in your phone, in the cloud, here and there, that trying to do analysis on it has is a challenge. So one of the movements that came about really kind of in the 80s and 1990s was this idea of the data warehouse. And, and the concept is that the data warehouse is a system for storing, analyzing, and querying large volumes of data using a structure. So it comes up with, like we talked about structured data, unstructured and supervised, uh, semi-structured data. I'm mixing a couple of things there. <laughs> Not supervised and unsupervised machine learning. It's semi-structured, structured, and unstructured data. And we centralize it in one place. That's why it's called a warehouse. If you think about like, you know, when you're shipping goods around the country, you know, if you think about what those warehouses do, like an Amazon warehouse, well, the warehouse isn't where the original products are. It's just that they get shipped from wherever they're coming from, you know, the books and the electronics and the food, and it all goes to from the, the original place and it all goes into this warehouse, physical warehouse. And then Amazon or whoever then packages it all together when you order it and then ships it to you. And you're the customer. And that's actually a really nice metaphor for thinking about a data warehouse because a data warehouse takes data from its original sources, could be a customer database or a financial data, or maybe some system somewhere, a bunch of sensors or you know, some laptops or whatever. And it aggregates them together, like in this little warehouse, right? Just like a shipping warehouse in its particular structure so that then when somebody needs to do some analysis or querying, they query the warehouse instead of having to worry about querying all these different sources and worrying about their availability and their structure and their format, which you may not be aware of. You don't know how the customer system works or the uh, ERP system works or how the supply chain management system works. But if all you need to know is how the data warehouse works. And it's a very powerful idea. If you think about it, it kind of kind of makes sense, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, that, that's kind of a logical way of dealing with uh, the needs to querying a lot of data from a lot of data sources is is do that. In order to make it work, there's, a, there's some critical components. Because each of these original sources of data, they have their own formats, they have their own specific you know, capabilities. We need to tr- need to extract the data. We're going to get into this in a moment from those ser- ser- systems, and then we need to get it into the format that the data warehouse understands, because it only it understands its format. And then we need to sort of trend, you know, load it into those uh, data warehouses, which may be one or more data warehouses, right? So we got to get it in there. And on top of the data warehouse, we can build these analytical tools. There's a there's a name for it. There's online analytical processing called OLAP, if you want to be t- super technical about it. And the reason why it's called OLAP is because it's sort of this idea that we're building tools that are operating on uh, data that's kind of like not being changing a lot. You know, there's this alternate idea of called OLTP, transactional processing, where we're dealing with like, you know, data that's we're going to update or change or do all that sort of stuff. That's for the transactions. And that's not what we're doing here when we're doing analytics. We don't want the data to be changing while we're trying to do some reporting on it, right? 
So, so data warehouses are very popular. They're very powerful. They're in pretty much every major organization that you're working with. And, you know, it really has these two main goals of separating these sources of data that have to do with the transactional stuff, the purchasing and the customers and the finance, right? From the needs for analytics, which are different needs, reporting and insights and all that sort of stuff. That's one goal for data warehouses. And the second one is that by having this warehouse, just like the Amazon warehouse, we can just build one set of tools for the warehouse. And you know we can have these specialized tools without having to worry about all the differences from the original formats that put their data into the data warehouse. Exactly. And so Ron had kind of alluded to ETL uh, you know, and what it is and why we need it. But the, you know, idea behind it, this extract transform load is its techniques and tools required to collect data from their original sources. So however that data was, you know, originally sourced and collected, modify that data to suit specific needs and then place the modified data into systems such as data warehouses that can store, analyze, process and perform queries on that data. So the need for ETL happens because, you know, we, like I said, you can have data from multiple different sources. You know, maybe you have CRM data, you have a bunch of different other types of data. So you need to extract the data from its original systems, then somehow transform it so it formats uh, the need that it needs to go into for the data warehouse. And then you can actually load it into the data warehouse. So it's just really what what needs to happen from getting data from its original source to being able to put it into your data warehouse. Yeah, and you know it's a powerful idea, um, but it has limitations. As you might think, well, that data warehouse idea just sounds great. What could possibly be wrong with it? Well, there, there's a bunch of challenges with the data warehouse. One thing is that is that it, it's very much a structured system, and that you know things need to kind of be structured, just like an Amazon warehouse. You can't just put anything anywhere in the Amazon warehouse. You have to it has to go in a very specific shelf. It has they have these little bots that move things around. You know, you can't just have a big disorganized array. And you know, while that might work for physical goods, it doesn't work so well with data because data has so many different formats and it's constantly changing. And the process of having to, you know, get it into the data warehouse format itself is complicated. And we have all these rules, and those rules have to be modified. So I actually have more code, I have more complexity, I have more brittleness. So there's this alternate idea philosophy called the data lake. So the data lake kind of is it's not a really it's not a product as much as it's a, a, a philosophy for data storage is it's a repository that stores a large quantity of data in its original and varying formats rather than first transforming that data to load into a traditional warehouse. So you could think of a data lake a data lake as like a centralized repository that allows you to store all of your structured and unstructured data, that was the real issue is really the fact that we had all this unstructured data that doesn't work so well with the data warehouse, you know, and put all of that into this big data lake. And then we worry later about transforming it to, for an analysis project, right? So you can store the data as is without having to first structure it and then run different kinds of analytics, dashboards, visualizations, big data processing, machine learning applications, real-time analytics on top of that original data. So as long as you have access to the data lake, and as long as we have some tools that we can use, because we still have to transform it at the time we need to use it, then we can make use of the, of the data lake. So basically the data lake is um, extract load. So we extract it from its original data source. Like I think of all those trucks with all their specialized products going into the Amazon warehouse. But instead of putting it in the really well-organized shelves, we put it in a big collection bin. 
And then later, when someone has different needs, they pick from that bin and they transform it when they need to use it. So it goes from extract, transform, load to extract, extract, load, transform. And, um, you know, data lakes are good for good for their purposes and data warehouses are good for their purposes. And I would say if you have a, a lot of structured databases and you need to do a, a big analytical task across all those structured databases, a data warehouse is going to be just fine and just great. And it still will work for banking applications and finance and customer management, all this sort of stuff where the data is already structured. It's already structured in its various columns. But when I want to do analysis task across sensor data and text and image and documents that are constantly coming in, trying to jam it into a data warehouse is probably going to be a lot more effort than it will work than it's worth. So we should have a data lake approach where we can put all those documents somewhere and then later figure out how to extract them for whatever purpose. In one, some cases, we may use to need our, say, emails that we're going to use for an NLP application, natural language processing, and they may use one set of tasks. But maybe I'm going to use the emails for something else, maybe sentiment analysis, and maybe I need a different transformation. So each application may require different transformations. So hopefully you understand at a high level we give you a mental model for thinking about the data warehouse, explain a little bit about ETL, which is a requirement to really use these data warehouses, and then this idea of the data lake, which allows us to deal with this broader scope of data in a constantly changing world. Exactly. So, you know, as we say, understanding these terms at a high level is one thing. So now if they come up, you've at least heard it before, you know what it is. I know that many of the folks that uh, have gone through CPMAI and others as well that we talked to, some customers, they maybe weren't familiar with some of these terms, especially with Data Lake, depending on where they sit in the organization and what industry they're in. So we wanted to make sure that we did present these terms on a podcast. And as I said, of course, knowing them at a high term at a you know high level is one thing. So now you can understand if it comes up in a conversation, but being able to put it into practice is a whole other thing. And that is really where CPMAI comes into play. We want you to be successful with your AI projects. We you know, really value educating our listeners and our audience because, again, we want you to be successful. We don't like these high AI failure rates. So if you're interested in learning more about CPMAI, see what it's all about, how you can apply it for AI project success, you can take our free intro to CPMAI course. Go to aitoday.live slash CPMAI, and you can register right there. If you'd like to dig a lot deeper into the subject, uh, you know, really go through a, a comprehensive training on CPMAI and then become CPMAI certified, go to cognolitica.com slash CPMAI. We'll link to both of them in the show notes. I know that many of our listeners have reached out to us. Some of you have taken the free intro course. Many of you have become CPMAI certified. So, you know, we love we love our CPMAI community. It's really, really been growing quite fast. So thank you everybody for supporting it. And if you're interested in learning more, we'll link to both in the show notes and you can just click on the link and it'll take you to the courses. Like this episode and want to hear more? With hundreds of episodes and over 3 million downloads, check out more AI Today podcasts at aitoday.live. Make sure to subscribe to AI Today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, or your favorite podcast platform. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners, to expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. 
Check it out at aitoday.live slash list. This sound recording and its contents are copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. Thank you.